Joe Clark, wonderful to be chatting with you again today. How are you doing? Yeah. Thanks, Richard. Yeah, I'm doing well. I've had some great time with my growth group this morning, so I am a happy soul. Oh, yeah. I love hearing about people spending some good time with their growth group. It's been uh, mm. fantastic hearing those stories and uh, people meeting physically and seeing some photos. Mm. So. It's nice to be emerging and doing that, gathering around God's word physically. It just makes the physical presence just makes such a difference to the the, the spiritual growth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. And uh, now I feel like we, our questions have always been how's coronavirus life going, but it's uh, yeah. it's almost like we're back into a bit of normal life in some regard, isn't it? Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, completely. So, what has been going on in normal life? For you, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, well, today I thought I'd share about some viewing habits again. I, I, I try not to watch too much TV. Maybe I have one thing on the go, but at oh, the yeah. moment I'm getting into a Korean crime drama um, on Netflix. <laughs> That's so uh, random. Well, yeah. See, what I like about it, like regular uh, Aussie or US dramas or even English, it's just too. I don't know, familiar or the cultural context is too normal. But mm. uh, in this Korean crime drama, which um, is about, it's called Stranger, and uh, it's really well done. Like I think they must have a good f- industry over there and uh, there's all the suspense and everything, but there's just the mm. really funny, curious cultural things. Like um, <laughs> the main hero is a prosecutor and um, Jen was explaining to me, she's watched other stuff, she's explaining that a prosecutor is a lot like a, a detective, like he's got a lot more powers and he gets out and, and tries to oh, solve crimes. Right. Um, and uh, which is all fine. But one weird thing is that uh, he carries his documents around in a a sheet wrapped up with a knot on top <laughs> rather than a, a box or a bag. Or a briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> he actually wears a backpack if he needs a backpack. But he's got, yeah, these things wrapped in sheets. And so it's a bit random, but I think I just love these the strange cultural differences of watching a show like that. And so, uh, yeah, that's what Fascinating. I, don't, I don't know if I'll watch more, another one after this, but um, yeah, it's, it's been great fun. I, I, I unfortunately have no idea what's going on. I'm completely lost. Okay. Uh, Cause here's a question. Are you, are there subtitles? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I was going to say, cause as soon as you said, I'm completely lost. I was like, well, hang on. Are you trying to watch it in Korean? <laughs> okay, no. so you found this on Netflix Australia and it's yeah. in Korean but with English subtitles. Right. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's me. I get very easily lost in dramas. Like Jen, <laughs> Jen will sit down and, and watch it for five minutes and say, okay, this is what's going on. This is what you need to know. But um, it's just not a skill I have. But yeah. I learn to enjoy it without knowing what's going on. Well, that sounds <laughs> – that sounds like the ideal kind of escapism. Doesn't demand anything <laughs> from you. It's just a bit of a laugh, bit of fun, yeah, bit of enjoyment. Yeah, it's working well. Oh, um, it's good. How about you, Joe? What's going on for you? In oh, your- well, I have to repent. <laughs> oh, really? I a few podcasts ago, I spoke quite derisively of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes. I had started in the Study in Scarlet and some others, and I wasn't enjoying them, and yeah, I, I just that. have this instinct of I don't like it, but I have I've been schooled. <laughs> I've been li- listening to um, this is an audible recording by uh, Stephen Fry. Yeah, and there's this series of short stories he does. He goes through after the first few um, bigger books, and I got to the Boscombe Valley Mystery, mm-hmm. and the first thing I'd say is 
maybe I love it because Stephen Fry does quite a good Australian accent and two of the main characters are Australian. Yes. (laughs) No, four of the main characters. That's funny. Yeah. Anyway, he he does quite a good job and I was listening to him thinking, oh, well done, Stephen. Uh, But also I came to realise that actually for his time, what he's writing about is so creative. I've just watched so many Sherlock Holmes TV shows that's all familiar to me. Yeah. And so there's this quote in it, and I'll just read it. It says, this is Holmes talking. Circumstantial evidence is a very tricky thing, answered Holmes thoughtfully. It may seem to point very straight to one thing, but if you shift your point of view a little, you may find it pointing in an equally uncompromising manner to something entirely different. Mm. And that is the whole way he approaches this crime. It's a murder and it's the murder of a man out near a pond or a lake or a body of water Mm. and he solves it and it's really, it's great because the person who looks guilty, Holmes just has a completely different view of him compared to Watson and Lestrade, the the detective and, and the general public opinion about who's guilty. And so I really enjoyed it and I have changed my mind. I'll probably see Saw heaps, but it was <laughs> it was a good little short story and it made me realise there's a creativity and an insight in in Conan Doyle's writing that I really enjoyed. There you go. So Joe, mm-hmm. you had some you weren't so keen, but then you persevered because you like <laughs> You generally like to finish things once you start them. I do. I do like to finish them, yes. And that paid off in this occasion. It has paid off. And part of that is because I think I'm so, when I've borrowed a book and I haven't paid for it, I'm willing Mm -hmm. to put it down. Yeah. Maybe, just (laughs) slightly. But if I've paid for it, like I have with this Audible recording, (laughs) I I must get my money's worth. (laughs) Yeah. And so I kept going mainly for that reason, which is so ridiculous, but... um, I'm getting my money's worth, Richard. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. It's paid off in this occasion. So <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> well done. I hope you enjoy the rest of the uh, of the book. Well, I've got hours worth to go, so I will probably keep you updated. Yeah, but, look forward uh, to it. <laughs> on on um, more uh, uh, substantial topics, you've been reading Luke in the Bible yes. lately. Yes, reading Luke. Uh, as I um, yeah mentioned a few podcasts ago, like the bio, the eyewitnesses and so on. Mm. And so I thought I'll get into some gospel and, and read some of these eyewitness stories. But uh, it's brought me to Luke chapter 19, the parable of the ten miners. M-I-N-A-S. And um, I have just, yeah, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this one. Um, This is the parable where uh, people think the kingdom of God was going to appear at once, uh, chapter 19 of Luke verse 11, and he tells the parable of a man going to a distant country and entrusting money to his servants um, and uh, to see what they can do with the money while he's gone. And as he comes Mm. back, he says, uh, one has earned uh, one minor has earned ten more. He says, "Well done, my good servant, uh, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter. Take charge of ten cities." And then there's the guy who earned five, and the, the guy who earned one was was rebuked, um, and his minor was taken away and given to the guy who earned more. And so, mm. um, I've just been yeah, just really thinking hard about this because there's nothing explicit there to explain exactly what he's getting at. Like I'm reading it as perhaps I'm like one of the servants. I'm, obviously, there's time here before Jesus returns, uh, and there's a question of what we do in this time. But um, 
and using that well. But yeah, what is it that we've been entrusted with and, and what are we to do? So yeah, mm. have you looked into this parable before? I really haven't. And as I skim my eyes over it, I'm realizing that your questions are my questions. What do you think of the servant who is rebuked? In verse 21, he says, I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. Mm. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. That doesn't, that's also strange because it makes me think, oh, well, is that just a servant commenting about the master and it just adds flavor to the parable? Like, like, because that cannot be about God. And so, what? You know, like a, that's confusing and a bit of a distraction for me. Yeah, I feel like um, there's, the master doesn't uh, disagree with him at that point. So, yes. Um, uh, that remains a question. Like, uh, is how could that things be true of God? We, we, mm. God is just, but I don't know if we would say that he is hard or. Uh, yeah. And, and then the next sentence, you take out what you did not put in and you reap what you did not sow. Well, I would never say that of God. I think God, oh, he's the sower. <laughs> and so, yeah, it, yeah, that's a strange one. And the questions add up. Yeah, there's the, the punishment of those who didn't want him. So, um, but I guess I think to take you where I'm leaning, and mm-hmm. this is a passage that's it's been a bit influential in my life in the past is, is that um, we are given things in life um, and that could be we're given the gospel. And so, mm. yeah, we need to proclaim the gospel and um, uphold the gospel. That's one element. We're given gifts and we need to use our gifts in the service of others. Um, and so, yeah, as I've looked at this, knowing I could be wrong and there probably could be more work to be done, um, thinking, yeah, how am I going in being trustworthy with what God has given me in the passing on of the gospel, mm. in, the, in the use of my gifts for the sake of others? Um, mm. And as you're ta- talking, it makes me think what you're, in su- like in, to summarise, boldly summarise what you're saying, mm. is maybe that there is a spiritual reality to our physical existence that is we must train our hearts to see that God has purpose in what we have and what we're to do and yeah. th- have that Godward orientation of what in our life. And so that servanthood of we're no longer slaves to sin and death, we're slaves of Jesus and what we have is to serve him, that kind of thing. Is that sort of yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, that's a very good summary, Joe. So, mm. um, hmm. yeah, I haven't got answers. But I think during this coronavirus time it, it, there is a bit of more reflection um, and so I am thinking, all right, well, here, here we are. What's, yeah, how am I going to re-energize myself and, and look with purpose on the coming months? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, that's but, uh, Yeah, Luke, loving it. Now, for you, Joe, what have you been yes. reading and thinking about or what ministry has been going on? Yeah. Well, I've, I've read things and done ministry, but the thing that I really want to talk about is something I've just tried to clarify for myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you've had this experience and people listening along have had this experience where you 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 realize that there's something to get about the Bible that you need to sit down and do a little bit of work. Yep. And for me, I was thinking about these minor prophets I've been reading and mm-hmm. the question that kept coming up for me again and again is when it says Israel, who's it talking about? Oh, great question. And yep. Because I think I've worked out that there are four Israels in the oh, Old Testament. Fantastic. I love 
clarity and lists. Well, so do I, Richard. I, I aim for them and I'm not – you're you're generous in saying this is going to be clear. But here's my attempt at, at four Israels and I would love correction. Um, so the first Israel, the first time the name Israel is given is is given to Jacob. So Abraham's grandson in the line of Abraham, so expecting the promises of Abraham to be fulfilled through Jacob and his descendants. And he, it's that strange time where he wrestles with God in Genesis 32. Yeah. Um, or the man he wrestles with the man, yep. and then it's and it's the name is is given. Got it. Yep. And then so we've got the man Israel. Mm-hmm. The second is the people of God, the chosen people, mm-hmm. and we see that they are descending from Jacob. So he's got his twelve sons, yep. and they that's the whole of Exodus all the way through to one Samuel, essentially, where the people of God are journeying through the. Uh, saved from Egypt, journeying through the desert. Um, they get into the promised land under Joshua. They they spiral in sin in Judges. Yeah. And at the end of Judges, there's this, there was no king, kind of they're all doing what they want situation. And so it's quite a dark time yeah. in a lot of ways. But all of that time is Israel, the people of God who end up in the promised land, descended from Abraham, not just one man like Israel, Israel Jacob, but descended from Jacob. Yeah, got it. And then we kick into 1 Samuel 8. Samuel's about to die. The people are like, we want a king like all the other nations. And God says to Samuel, Samuel, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. I was their king, but they're rejecting me. I think it's verse 4. Mm-hmm. And so from that point, it becomes Israel the kingdom. So they they move from having being the people whose king is God, and but no earthly king, to yeah. Israel, the nation who have an earthly king, so they've got dodgy King Saul, good King David, who's got dodginess as well, but and then kind of mediocre Solomon, who's got wisdom but also makes wildly stupid decisions. Are we and still on um, Israel number two here. Israel number three, because we've oh, got Israel number three. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I should be. This is good. So Israel number one is the man Jacob. Yeah. Israel number two, the chosen people from descended from Jacob, the twelve sons, moving through all the way till. 1 Samuel. Yep, got it. Then 1 Samuel, they crown an earthly king and ah, they become okay. a monarchy essentially. Got it. So that's yep. the third the third Israel is the kingdom yep. of Israel. And then we've got Solomon's son Rehoboam civil war with Jeroboam who says, "I'm taking the northern kingdom. I'm taking the top 10 tribes." Mm-hmm. Jeroboam's like, "No." And uh, Rehoboam's like, "No." And Jeroboam's like, "I'm taking them anyway. Fight." Yeah. And then we've split the kingdom. Yeah. So there's now two kingdoms instead of one. The northern kingdom becomes Israel. The southern kingdom becomes Judah, which, of course, right. is where Jesus descends from. And yeah. and so we've got four Israels, the fourth being the northern kingdom Israel. Okay. Yeah. So the northern kingdom Israel. Hmm. And there you are. That's, that's the four Israels of the Old Testament. That's what I've come up with. I love it. That's hmm. great. Hmm. And do, do you find, uh, so have you been reading um, are you finding that like you read the word Israel and think, okay, which of the four Israels is this one about? Absolutely. So if I'm reading Isaiah, for instance, and it's talking about Israel, I'm thinking, okay, is this the northern kingdom, which ended up being completely wiped out by Assyria as a kingdom, yeah. or is this Israel, the chosen people of God? Yeah. And occasionally the prophets refer to Israel and they're talking about Jacob, just Jacob, the man. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's been really explanatory. Oh, I love those moments where you get some clarity 
Mm. And uh, I mean, there's always more to find out, isn't there? But it's just yeah. you, you lock in, okay, this I've got a handle on this. Mm. It, it equips you to take on some of the extra challenges. Um, yeah, what would you reckon if people wanted to read more about Israel or listen to more stuff about Israel and Old Testament, how that fits together, like where would you point people? I reckon they should just read their Bibles. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds it sounds really simplistic, simplistic, but do the work of going from Genesis 32, then skip to 1 Samuel 8, then skip to the divided kingdom, which is, uh, where does that happen? It's like 1 Kings 12, I think. Mm, yeah. And then, um, yeah, yeah, think about how the books, that book then changes the way they use the word Israel. Yeah. That's, that's how I do it. I love it. Well, Joe, we better wrap up. It has been yes. great talking with you. Yeah. Good and, chat. Uh, look forward to uh, catching up next time. Sounds good. See you later, Richard. Bye. 